0: Hello and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide Podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of the Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Women's Guide podcast. How are you guys doing today? I hope that you're having a fabulous day wherever it is that you guys are. And as a reminder, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode that comes out every single week. So, I am especially excited that you are here today with me because I am joined and interviewing Jen Ryday. Hello, Jen. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. And I am really excited that you are here today because you guys, we are going to dive into a conversation around the tools that Jen relies on to help her as she is gaining clarity for her next chapter, whether that be in her life or in her business. So before we dive in today, I'm going to share a little bit more about her with you guys. So Jen helps burned out overwhelmed moms get off the hamster wheel and find balance so they can love their lives again. She is a mom of six with a PhD in human development and family studies, and she's also the host of the Vibrant Happy Women podcast. Jen gives women tools that work. That's why she's here today. Tools like the Feel It to Heal It method and the Be Her Morning ritual. Jen lives with her family outside of Madison, Wisconsin, and in her free time, she loves hiking, yoga, and my favorite napping (laughs) (laughs) I love that you admit that (laughs) so Jen do me a favor and share with our audience today your story how is it that you came to specialize in and do the work that you do today okay yes so
1: after getting my PhD in human development and family studies I chose to be a stay-at-home mom and over the years I had six kids who are now ages 21 down to eight and there was a time in there after we had five kids. Um, by the way, I was the type of mom who wanted to do it perfectly. So I baked bread. I would throw really amazing birthday parties. I once made a SpongeBob birthday cake that my kids still begged me to make something as good as that today. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, But at the, you know, after five kids, there was this point where on Christmas day, I had a miscarriage and we had to drive an hour to the nearest hospital that dealt with pregnancy. Um, We were visiting my parents and we had a huge fight that day, just huge. And, you know, I had a story like what kind of a guy, my husband would fight with a pregnant uh, woman who's having a miscarriage, but, you know, we both played into that fight, but the pain. Of that moment, thinking, Hey, we're having this huge fight, and I'm having a miscarriage, and it's Christmas Day. All the uh, rest of the pain from my life of giving everything to my kids, not connecting emotionally with my husband, it, everything else that had gone wrong, it just kind of came to the fore. And all the pain, I felt it all at once. And, you know, after the time at the hospital that day, we drove back to my parents and I was silent. But inside, I'm just feeling all this pain from my life that wasn't aligned. And that pain enabled me to say, you know, I think I had to have the pain to be able to have this pivot point where I said, uh, that's it, I'm going to be happy no matter what. And, And that was just like a decision point that came after the pain. And I think we've all been there. And so I started going to yoga, I started to Tell my husband I'm not going to be home these two nights this week. Oh, by the way, I'm not cooking. You can. I just started taking care of myself for the first time ever. Luckily, he responded really well. Um, I think he was tired of me being miserable and exhausted, and so uh, he started cooking. And he does all our cooking now. So Amazing. these these changes can really pay off. Um, a few more years down the road after my sixth child was born. She was 18 months. Um, I was in a yoga class. Um, all this time, I'm taking pretty good care of myself. And I'm thinking, what's next? What's my big girl job going to be? I'm still married to my husband at this time. And I actually still am today, but it hasn't been easy always. And I'll talk about that. Um, in that yoga class, in the last uh, posture or you know pose of the night called Shavasana, I asked that question again, well, my daughter's 18 months, I don't want to be a stay at home mom forever. Uh, what's my big girl job going to be? And for some reason, I kind of had this intuitive thought pop in my head, you need to become a life coach. I was like, "What? wow, okay. I went home and Googled it. Six months later, I was certified. And since that time, I've kind of combined everything I learned with my PhD in human development and family studies, my coach certification, and my experience as a mom, helping other women step away from all the the weight and the burdens and the lack of clarity that are putting them in a a life of pain, Um, learning the healthy boundaries, figuring out what they want, um, creating a vision for the future that actually pulls them toward it helping them no longer just tread water like like we do in the deep end of the pool, but actually getting out and figuring out where we want to go. So that's why I love uh, what you do in your work. You know, a lot of women get to that point of pain and they see that their spouse has contributed to their pain significantly and they choose to end those relationships. And what a beautiful place to be in to get to say, hey, I have this whole second half of my life ahead of me, oftentimes what do I want? How do I want to feel? Who do I want to be? What is my identity in this new phase? I think it's such an opportunity, those next steps. So I'm super excited to be here and talk about it. That's part of my story.
0: No, and I think that it's so pivotal and I think it's also so incredibly relatable because so many of us have that moment where it's like, what the hell have we been doing? You know, as you said, it's like you've been on this hamster wheel for years, if not at least a decade raising Mm -hmm. your kids, um, you know, and I think that one of the well, I know that one of the hardest parts um, for a lot of the women that I talk to is that they just they don't know, right? They have no idea what they want to do for, you know, the, the next phase of their life life and I find that many of them don't even know where to start right they don't even know like I asked we were talking about before we hit record but I you know when I have the privilege of getting on the phone with potential clients First question i always ask is like what do you want your life to look like and everybody says i have no idea (laughs) and you clearly were looking for some intuitive hits that day in yoga in shavasana uh, looking to get that clarity that i know so many people have such a hard time um, tapping into so let's go back to that moment and really how like what happened in that moment what what mindset did you allow yourself to switch into so that you could open yourself up to the possibility of something different.
1: You know, that's the beauty of yoga or meditation or solitude in nature. You can step out of the monkey mind that just chatters. I think that's where a lot of the thoughts of what we should be doing, what society says we should do, our moms, our friends, you should do this. You should do that. You should not divorce. You should blah, blah, blah. You step out of that and you just get centered in the body. And that's what I'd done for an hour in that yoga class. I'd been breathing slowly. The monkey mind thoughts fall away and you're totally in your body. I feel like it's a place where you're um, also in touch with the divine, in touch with your higher, highest and best self. And it's clear you've just shed all of the noise. Right. And then in that space, I asked the question I'd been asking for, for months before that, which was, what is my next best step? And in that space, that's when you can hear the thought just comes in one you've maybe never had before. Oh, you need to become a life coach. I've never questioned that thought because it was a thought I'd never had before. It was, it was from God, in my opinion, you know, you could believe what you want. Um, but that that's been the anchor for having the courage to do so many things like start my podcast, vibrant, happy women. Um, I've been being more adventurous lately, um, And that's the anchor point that helps me ignore all the shoulds because everyone has an opinion about what we should do. You know, there's uh, social thinking, religious pressure to maybe not divorce sometimes or to live a certain way or to just shove that all aside. I know the truth right here. So that's why I think it happened in a yoga class.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, and I hear this too, is that like, you know, oh, I don't have time. I don't have this. I don't have that. It, you guys, it doesn't have to take an hour long yoga class. What Jen is saying (laughs) is it literally just takes you just giving yourself five minutes to just get in touch with your thoughts, to, to just really get yourself centered and to think about it, to dare to dream, which I know can be so scary for so many of us, you know, when we go through divorce that you just, there's so much uncertainty, but to your point, you know, transitioning out of being a stay-at-home mom, going back to a career, even starting a new one that leverages a past, um, credential that you have, it's still scary, right? So Mm -hmm. you guys, I want everyone to see the relatability here, right? You don't have to have been a stay-at-home mom. You don't have to have been a corporate executive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. The way that you've been accustomed to being, living, working, any shift is going to require that mindfulness practice which is mm-hmm. what I would say it is. So keep yeah. going. So so what is another so after you kind of get this clarity, right? You got this hit of like I should become a life coach and it's like okay, now what?
1: Yeah. So I became certified and um started my podcast and you mentioned fear. Those were super scary. Like who am I? This frumpy mom of six who doesn't have a perfect family life at all. We have a lot of mental health challenges in our family that came through both sets of parents' genes, my husband's side and mine. We are not a perfect family, but um, I felt that kind of calling from that intuitive moment and I've, I could get it anytime I want. So I believe all good things are on the other side of fear. You know, we all have these little comfort zones. And when we're married, we have the comfort zone of some level of predictability Uh, Hopefully, even if it's predictably horrible, you know what's happening there. Every time we do something that scares us, um, we expand that comfort zone. And it's so interesting to know that in the brain, our brains release dopamine, which is a feel-good hormone, and adrenaline, which is that kind of the hormone that gives us that clarity and focus, that where everything seems clear, kind of being in the zone. Mm -hmm. And endorphins, which eliminate physical and emotional pain, come out when we face a fear. Right. So instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to fail, or this fear is awful, just facing a fear, whether it works out the way you think it will or not, is doing so much good stuff in your brain. And it, it brings you to those moments of clarity, I feel like. So um, it's just, what scary thing can I do next? Really is one of my mantras. <laughs> I guess what I would add is some people might take that and say, I don't want to do anything scary just do a small thing. That's why they say baby steps, one little thing that scares you. And then another and another. That's how you expand. You know, We can be expansive people, learning, growing, increasing our happiness and our capacity for happiness, or we can contract. And that's, I think, a lot of times why people divorce is they've been contracting for years and it feels awful. It's time to bust free and start expanding again. And that does require stepping into things that And knowing it's going to be okay.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, it was terrifying leaving my corporate job. It was terrifying starting my own business and it was even terrifying going into that certification room, <laughs> you know, to even dare to dream, to switch careers. And I totally agree with you. Like growth happens when you are living in a little bit of discomfort. I mean, it's just, it's amazing the doors that open up for you when you allow yourself to get there. And, you know, one of the questions I get a lot too, and and I'm not sure um, what your opinion is on this, but um, I've been asked before, well, how do you tell the difference between your fear And what your intuition is telling you.
1: Yeah. Okay. So fear mixed with excitement for me, like that would be fun, but that's so scary. I could never, but, oh, wouldn't that be cool? That's that that voice where the contrast of where it feels empty and dark and like danger, um, no excitement, just like, or even confusing. I think that's your intuition saying that's a no. So I believe fear is actually a part of the yes. If it's empty and danger and like contracted, that's a no. Both intuitive, really. Uh, that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, no, and and I, I appreciate your perspective. I'm always curious because I I know that so many people are like, well, how do I tell the difference? And what if I'm making a mistake? And it, you know, it's like boom, they're like, you know, as you say, on the hamster wheel of the what if, right? The shoulds mm-hmm. and the what if game. Um, so, so once people get a little bit of clarity, okay, so now I know that this is like, this is going to have growth on the other side of it. Then what do they do to take that next step?
1: Oh, well, gosh, are you talking about in terms of like divorcing or any big decision? Just
0: any big decision, right? How do you get clarity for next step? So you get clarity around you, you kind of, you know, eliminate the limiting belief, right? That self-talk clarify that it is indeed, your higher conscious self, or your higher self—excuse mm-hmm. me, your subconscious, your higher self—speaking to you, telling you that this is what you get to do. You hear it, you take it in, you say, "Okay, I'm going to do it." And then, and then what? Because that, yeah. taking that leap is so scary, <laughs> as you know. It, it is.
1: You know, you just take an action. Maybe it's making a phone call to uh, talk to an expert of something, or a lawyer, or a friend. Maybe it's uh, filing some paperwork. Maybe it's um, signing up, purchasing something, working with a coach like like Wendy here. So I think any action. And then in the beginning, you mentioned a tool that I use a lot called Feel It to Heal It right. um, to recognize our emotions aren't our enemies and that they move through us. Most emotions will pass through our entire body in about 90 seconds. Sometimes when we've got a big threat going on in our lives, it takes longer, 20 minutes, you know, up upwards, but the worst that can happen is a feeling. So feel it to heal it is a tool I teach where you go through a series of steps that allow you to just be with the feelings in your body, to notice your five senses and to move it through until it dissolves. So fear, when it comes up, I use feel it to heal it. Doubt. Um, discouragement, shame, self-pity, all of those emotions that tend to make me take no action. I just feel it, allow them to move. And then I shift back to higher vibe emotions, like excitement, confidence, um, happiness, the emotions that usually, uh, precede me taking a good action, you know, so managing the emotions so that you can take action and get a result.
0: Yeah. I love that. I always say, "Everybody's was like, what's the shortcut. I'm like feeling through it. That's the shortcut, right? Which is the mm-hmm. opposite of what we all do. We avoid the discomfort of the feelings that come up or we mask an emotion, right? Like so many times people are like, I'm angry. Okay. Well, yes, you're angry. And what else, right? There's so many other emotions underneath. And until you allow yourself to really lean into and feel through, like feeling through the emotions is what is what the shortcut is. Because otherwise, as I'm sure you've experienced personally, you, you know, it's like you compound down what's really going on. You like stop yourself because you get into that judgment. And then I know what happened to me as I became a volcano and boom, I exploded because I had been keeping so much in for so long. Cause I had avoided mm-hmm. allowing myself to feel through what was actually happening to open my mouth and to communicate in the moment of what was going on. I chose to ignore it. And then that's when the danger happens. And I mm-hmm. love your method of, um, you know, feel it to heal it because that is the shortcut. You guys, that is the secret. Everyone's mm-hmm. secret feeling it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that comes up for me around that too, is that, you know, I know that a lot of the women that listen to this podcast, like you busy, busy women, right. Whether that be with your kids, with your business, with your family, with your friends, um, And I always hear time as an excuse, right? It doesn't matter. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Because I always say, like, it doesn't matter how much time, you know, the only time that exists is now, right? Right now is the only time that exists. But everybody's like, oh, I have no time or I can't do that or, you know, I don't have, like, I can't let myself go there. I don't know if you've heard that comment a lot. Like, what do you say to those people?
1: You know, um, I've always felt busy, but the more I believe I have time, the more it's true. Um, I have friends who believe time kind of expands according to your beliefs about it. Yeah. I don't know if not, but I'm open to it. Um, one of the best things they ever did to create time was I don't stream anymore. If I do, it's only with our family on our family TV. I don't have any streaming on my phone. I don't have any social media on my phone. It's not only made me way, way happier not to have that stuff, but so much more time. I'm reading books. I'm playing a lot of pickleball. So.
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. We all can create time. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I, you're not the first person that I've heard say that they've got rid of their social media on their phone. Um, and I can only imagine how freeing it is. I mean, I left my phone at home one night when we went out to dinner and everyone was like, Oh my God, we have to go home. I was like, no, we're good. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, I told my kids, I was like, just Do me a favor, text your dad and just let him know I don't have my phone. So if he needs to reach me, it's got to go through you. Like if something happens, right? Yeah, and I I love that because you know I agree with you. Like time is an excuse. Time Mm -hmm. means that you don't see the value that you are not invested in what is possible on the other side of it. And I am very much like your friends, I believe that when you live in a lack mindset, that is the life that you create because you're constantly on repetition of, I don't have, there's not enough. Instead of like, yeah, I have time. You have time. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of, well, how are you going to prioritize it? What are you going to allow yourself to fit in? and I love that you play pickleball. I play tennis. Um, and my boyfriend and I are like, we should probably try pickleball. One of these points, the best you'll like it better. (laughs) I don't know about that. I've been playing tennis since I was five. So, and it's like a family thing. My dad taught me when I was younger, but I am open to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry guys, we digress, but that's what we do here on this podcast. So, um, so anyway, so to me, time is an excuse. And I agree with you that it's, it's entirely possible. And I think the biggest thing is that we get in our own way around what we think it has to look like, right? We think like, oh, I, you know, I don't have time to do this. Well, yes, you do. Like it can take five minutes. It can take two minutes. It can take 20 minutes if you have it right. Like even when it comes to exercise, we're talking pickleball guys, like everyone thinks like, oh, well, if I don't have an hour, I can't, I can't get, I can't, I can't work out well, really, you can't go walk around your block. Like that could take five minutes or 10. Mm -hmm. I don't know how big your blocks are wherever you live, but you can take a walk, right? Like my dog has to be walked. Like I give myself an excuse in the middle of the day to go take 15 minutes. Right. And so many times, I don't know if you're this way too, Jen, but I get so much clarity. Like I am, I am very, um, I get a lot of like intuitive hits when I allow myself the opportunity to just detach from technology, detach mm-hmm. from people. So how, what is your experience with, with that and how has it played into your intuition and how you make choices every day in your life?
1: Yeah. So my, um, morning routine that you talked about also is called the be Her morning ritual. And it stands for breathe, exercise, hydrate, and body. You know, and read something inspiring. So, as a part of that breathing piece of that, I meditate, breathing, checking in with um, my thoughts, the sensations in my body, my emotions, and then always as a part of that, I ask the question, "What is my next best step?" And I just listen, and that's all coming into the body and being grounded here and not thinking here. You know, yeah. um, so. I always just figure out my next best step. And recently I had a moment, um, I guess I'll, it'll be a bit of a tangent, but um, I was feeling stuck recently. You know, we've just come through a pandemic and I feel like about every six months or so I'll start to feel stuck again. This is just the sign, I think, from our inner GPS saying, hey, you, you need a little course correction here. Right. So I get very intuitive at those times. I do a lot of journaling. What do I want? What do I want? What should I do next? What feels good? What feels bad? I just ask good questions to help me gain clarity. And recently I had this happen, um, just a couple of months ago and I realized, what do I want? Well, I want to be free to just talk to people and sit by a, a, a table by the beach or be with friends anywhere. I feel like I don't want to be tied down to my home and my husband, you know, you he is very much a homebody now. He, we're reversed. I had a, a stable homebody type of growing up years while he traveled all the time. And now I want to travel and experience and connect with people. And it feels a certain way. And um, I thought for a while, oh, I can't stay married to him. I mean, what's retirement going to look like? We, we just sit around watching TV, waiting for our kids to visit. I mean he's kind of boring <laughs> because he's a scientist he doesn't love self-help like I do I started to believe for a while that oh we're not aligned I don't want to be with him but then I realized wait I I can go experience everything I want to feel independently I'm very lucky I have a husband who grew up with parents who would do this so he's like cool yeah go travel he will has and will, as we go forward, have no problem with me just taking off for a few weeks and, and going on a retreat or to a, a visit a friend across in Scotland, which I'm going to be doing soon. And then I thought, you know, this is like the best of all worlds. Um, maybe we don't connect over self-help and personal development, but we have a lot of things we do connect over. He can provide this home base. So I'm choosing to stay married to someone that Um, isn't exactly like me. And as I made that decision, I just felt really solid and and giddy with excitement to realize, oh, I I can have all the pieces. I don't have to do everything with my husband. And another kind of side piece of wisdom with that, someone recently told me, you know, they were saying, my husband's nothing like me. He doesn't want to grow. You know, he does this, I do that. And I said, you know, in my experience, I've come to see that my husband not being like me might've been exactly what I needed. Energetically, we all need something to push against to truly grow. And my deep growth and happiness and clarity about who I am and also spiritual things, I think developed only because he was so different from me. So sometimes I guess I want to throw it out there that being with someone that's not like you is absolutely aligned because who are you becoming in the process? Just a thought that's not a popular thought, but true to me.
0: So no. And I so much wisdom in that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, so many things are coming up for me. I mean, number one is communication, right? Asking for what you want. I mean, that's one of the things I didn't do in my marriage because I didn't know how, and I was so terrified of the answer. Right. And so, I, I acknowledge you for your courage because I know how hard that that can be. Um, so that's number one that comes up. Number two is that, you know, it's so incredibly important that you do have a life outside of your kids, that you do have a life outside of your spouse or your boyfriend. You know, that was one of the big learning experiences that I have had. I mean, I, you know, I separated six years ago. I've been divorced for, well, I filed five years ago, um, but California takes forever. Anyways, and I, and I'm in a relationship. I'm in a long-term relationship with my boyfriend, um, who I absolutely love. And, and one of the things that I appreciate is that I also love to travel. That is something that's very important to me. I also really love my independence. Like I'm very much into spirituality, self-help he's into, he's into personal development, but not in the woo woo. Like I am an energy healer and I really believe in spirit guides and the universe. And he believes in God differently Mm -hmm. than I do. Right. And at no point has he ever said like, you're weird or we can't be together because we don't have the same beliefs. He's like, I am, I love how passionate you are about this. And this is how I handle my spirituality, which is his, his way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that it takes so much courage to open your mouth and to admit like, like, it's okay to be different. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like all the same things. You don't always have to be aligned on the same things. Like this is a huge lesson to people who are listening right now, as you guys are thinking about wanting to bring in a new partner, even considering if you're staying with your partner, right. Jen had that moment. So I hope you guys are hearing this because at any moment in any given time, you get to ask for what it is that you want. And instead of making an assumption of what you think the other person is going to say, you get to hold space for the possibility that your assumption might be wrong. And in your case, it was, thank God. Mm -hmm. And
1: um, I had to get really clear, you know, I think we all misunderstand boundaries. We think a boundary is getting our spouse to do what we think they should do when it's actually we have to let them be who they want to be and we get to be who we want to be. And so my husband doesn't match the image of who I thought he would be right now um, or when we first married. Uh, he is in the strange phase and I'm just staying curious to it. He bakes cookies every night, a new recipe every night. I don't know where that came from, but, you know, it's fun to just watch him be whatever true version of him that he wants to be knowing i get to do that too there's a level of freedom he's very different from me very different but it's so fun to watch and no i can do that too we've developed separateness that's healthy we're not codependent anymore trying to think we need to be something that's enmeshed or the same we need to think the same we should both be going to yoga what the heck no he plays D and we did find something in common pickleball, (laughs) but I like it more. My point is, um, having the healthy boundaries to know he gets to think, feel, believe, and do what he wants. And so do I, and, and separating like that, uh, is so important.
0: It is boundaries. I mean, I teach on boundaries all day, every day. I've got a course on it because it is, it's so important. And I will tell you, I had no clue where I ended and he began we were so intertwined. It was always James and Wendy, James and Wendy. Mm-hmm. It was never Wendy. It was James oh, and Wendy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, talk about a massive lesson learned. Like when I started understanding what a boundary was, I was like, Oh, this is, this is amazing. Like, I yeah, like, you know, and granted, and you know, people who are tuning in who know my story, like I, it was something I learned from my family, right? Like I, I brought that into my marriage. I brought the dynamic and it wasn't until my divorce that I finally was like, Oh, I get why this is really unhealthy. I get why Mm -hmm. I have entered into a codependent marriage. And I never knew, like I never understood. It was a combination of things, but it really, the the bottom line, you know, was really that I had no boundaries and I didn't know how to communicate them. And it's so incredibly important. And you know, to tie this full circle with our topic today is that if you don't have boundaries with the people in your life, how is it that you think you're going to create your best next chapter, right? Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't be living this amazing life if you didn't all of a sudden use your voice, stand in your power and say, like, I need a change. Mm hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to have a change, this is what I need. And you, you get to respect that this is what I need. Right. Mm -hmm. And boundaries bring us closer together, not pushing us farther apart.
1: So true. And, and you, you mentioned you were James and Wendy, you had to figure out what you liked. You mentioned so many women don't know what they want. You have to learn to be able to answer that question. What would make today? Great. What do I want today? Oh, I want to lie in the sun and just say it's okay to feel amazing how happy are you willing to let yourself feel becomes a really cool question how happy are you willing to feel so you separated from James and now here you are you you know that you're a an energy healer and you're doing your work and you change careers and I'm sure that just keeps expanding that happiness so okay.
0: I, I love I, you're all lucky listening to this podcast to have Wendy as an example Aw, thank you. Well, the same with you, my dear. Now you you just expanded me. You're another universe sending me a sign that I need to start pickleball. So (laughs) that's the lesson I'm taking from our interviews. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Jen, as we wrap, what is, what is something that you just want to leave our audience with today? If there's one thing that they're going to get out of our conversation today, what do you want them to walk away with?
1: I feel like sharing this kind of surprises me, but, um, your happiness is the greatest gift you can give your loved ones. It's not clinging to something that should be a certain way, whatever that is for you. Sometimes stepping into the unknown unlocks a level of happiness that is the greatest gift because our kids grow up to have a baseline happiness level that matches the one they were raised with. So if you can do the things that make you feel alive, like you're truly living and vibrant and happy, it's the greatest gift. It's not selfish. It's, it's everything you need to be and share with the
0: world. So beautiful. So true. I love that you said that. I really do. I think that that encompasses everything, Jen. Thank you for being here. How can people find you and follow you? Yeah. Subscribe to the Vibrance, Happy Women podcast. And I'm at JenRide.com. And that's R-A-D-A-Y. Everything is in the show notes, you guys. Jen, thank you so much for being here today. I really, truly love dark. I feel like we could talk, we could have another podcast on boundaries, self-love. This is great. It was great. Thank you so much for being here and being my guest today. Thanks, Wendy. Of course. And everybody tuning in, what a great episode. Oh my gosh. I feel so fired up uh, based on our conversation today. And as you guys know, with every single episode, my goal is to help you navigate wherever it is that you are in your process and to give you that nugget that is going to Put you in momentum in moving forward in your healing and recovery process. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to also check out and join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. My handle is Divorce Rehab with Wendy. Sending you all so much love, light, and joy as always. Mwah. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, And follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.